Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today, we're continuing our devotional study series in the book of Psalms. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Odium and Church Crookham. And we'd love for you to join us over there. Good morning. Welcome to you. If you're uh, watching this or if you are following our podcast at the Vine Church, a very warm welcome to you. We're taking a look today at Psalm 40. And it's a wonderful psalm, but it doesn't stand in isolation in in the Psalter. We can often think that the psalms are just a random collections of psalms that have been put together in a random way. But actually, there's an order to them. And so what we can see is that in Psalm 37, there is that message, do not fret, uh, wait patiently for God to deal with his enemies. Uh, And then in chapter 38 of Psalm, Psalm 38, we see there the psalmist David waiting, suffering and sighing and waiting for God to deal with his enemies. In Psalm 39, we see more anguish and crying out and waiting. And then in Psalm 40, all of a sudden it bursts forth with praise as David declares, I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and heard my cry. And so we see the answer coming forth in Psalm 40. But Psalm 40 is very unusual because it has a twist in the tale. About halfway through the psalm, there is a sudden change of emphasis from celebration to lament. And the rest of the psalm is a lament, which is unusual to find uh, both of those genres in one psalm. Uh, But this is what happens. And I'm going to come back to it at the end because it's significant that after the celebration comes further crying out to God for help. Um, So let's read it together and I'd like you to see if you can spot where the change takes place. So let's take a deep breath together and let's just receive these words as God's words to us. Psalm 40 for the director of music of David, a psalm. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods, Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders that you have done. The things you planned for us, no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have pierced. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim righteousness in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, as you know, O Lord. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. 
I speak of your faithfulness and salvation. I do not conceal your love and your truth from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, O Lord. May your love and your truth always protect me, for troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails within me. Be pleased, O Lord, to save me. O Lord, come quickly to help me. May all who seek to take my life be put to confusion and shame. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who, so to, those who say to me, aha, aha, be appalled at their shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation always say, the Lord be exalted. Yet I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help and my deliverer. Oh, my God, do not delay. This is the word of God. Those of you who might have heard our preacher on Sunday, Poe, uh, will remember that he was speaking about the need for patience and perseverance, which is especially true for us at this time during as we approach a second lockdown. And David had to show a great deal of patience, waiting for many years, in fact, for many decades between the promises that came from God and the fulfilment of those promises when he was finally installed as king over all of Israel. And David went through many trials and tribulations en route to that coronation that took place eventually in around 1000 BC. And here, um, some people suspect that this psalm was actually written at the time of David's coronation when he is able to say, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit. He set my feet on a rock. He gave me a new song to sing. But whether it was about that situation or not, the principles are universal. Whatever your miry clay is, whatever the bog is that you are stuck in or that you find is uh, holding you down or is like treacle that you're trying to wade through uh, and it's just hard work. Uh, we can all experience those times of being stuck in the miry clay and we're called as David's was to wait and he says actually the original Hebrew here is I waited I waited there is this kind of persevering waiting that takes place and then it says that God turned and heard my cry and actually the original there is he turned he he bent down to me as when someone's attention is arrested and riveted as Derek Kidner puts it God bent down. His attention was arrested by the cry of his servant, David. And so God set his foot on a new place, on a rock, and gave him a new song to sing. The suffering servant became the singing servant. But it wasn't just for his own self-indulgence that he was rescued, but it was so that many would see and as a result of seeing that they would fear and they would trust the Lord for themselves. As in verse four, it tells us delight 
uh, sorry, in verse four, it says, blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. And actually the person who trusts God is the one who is blessed, whatever their circumstances. I love what C.H. Spurgeon says about this. A man may be poor as Lazarus, as hated as Mordecai, as sick as Hezekiah, as lonely as Elijah. But while his hand of faith can keep its hold on God, none of his outward afflictions can prevent him from being numbered among the blessed. But the wealthiest and most prosperous man who has no faith is accursed, be he who he may. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. So the question we can have here is, how do we respond to this wonderful grace that God has given to us? He says in verse five, by the way, many are your wonders, Lord, the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us. It's great to just notice there that there is both a backward looking and a forward looking here. As again, as Derek Kidner says, the past is full of his miracles, the future full of his plans. God is mindful of us. He is thinking of us. He has many thoughts towards us. And amazingly, they are all favourable thoughts that flow towards us continually. But how do we respond to this amazing grace of God towards us, this kindness of God that should deliver us out of the miry clay? Should we bring a sacrifice to God? Should we give uh, a bit of money into the coffers to say thank you to God? No, what David says here is that I don't just offer a sacrifice or an offering. That's not what you desire, Lord, but my ears you have pierced, Lord, I will give all of myself to you. My response is, here I am. I have come to do your will. I desire to do your will, O Lord. That phrase there, my ears you have pierced, has got the commentators thinking. This could be a reference to the Levitical kind of procedure, the ritual that could take place if a slave decided they wanted to stay with their master after their seven years was finished. They could have a, a nail kind of pierced into their ear against the door of the house, house of the master to say, I want to belong to this house. And it was a way of it, uh, expressing that. And maybe here the psalmist is saying, my ears you have pierced. Lord, I give myself wholeheartedly to you as my master. The problem with that is that it says ears in the plural and in the Levitical ritual, it was only one ear that was pierced. The other way of reading it, and this is the one that I favour, which is this, that the literal reading here is my ears you have dug out. And that phrase really means like God has opened our ears. It's like our ears have been de-waxed by God, if you like, so that now David can hear and wants to hear and it is, is attentive to the very words of God. Lord, I have come to do your will. I desire to follow your law. I desire to do your will, O God. Your law is within my heart. My ears are open. I am listening carefully. You have opened my ears so that now I want to hear your voice speaking to me. 
But be that as it may, that is how the psalmist responds to God's grace. And he says that I want to proclaim your righteousness in the great assembly. I want to declare your love and your truth to the great assembly. So that's it then, is it? Celebration, it's all over, it's all done. God has done amazing things and we can declare his salvation. Well, no, it isn't the end. There's this twist in the tale from verse 11 onwards. We see lament. We see that the psalmist says troubles surround me. My sins have overtaken me. Lord, help me. There are those who are trying to take my life, he says. There are those who say, aha, aha. And that's not a Norwegian pop group, but those who are out to get him. I am poor and needy. Oh, Lord, think of me. Oh, Lord, help me. And so there is good news and there is bad news as we come to the end of this psalm. The bad news is this. Just because you have been delivered from one trouble in your life, it doesn't mean that you won't have further troubles down the road. Just because you overcame a health scare doesn't mean that there isn't going to be some difficulty in the family or with your business or with, uh, with your job. Just because you got through that bereavement, you could think, well, that's it then, I've got there. But no, guess what? There's another fight. There's another battle around the corner. You see, the whole believer's life is a battle. We face skirmishes and fights all along the way. That's why the Apostle Paul tells us that we have to keep putting on the armour of God. You think we got through the lockdown. Oh, wait, now there's another one. We've got to fight again. We've got to keep battling. We've got to keep persevering. We've got to keep asking God and being dependent on God and needing God's help. As the Apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 14, through many trials, you have to go in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. There are many trials that we need to go through in order to get through. And he says that so that the disciples there may be strengthened and encouraged. And I need to strengthen and encourage you today that though God has delivered us from many trials, yet there are still many trials to come. And we need to be prepared for those. And we need to keep coming back to God and crying out to God and asking him to help us. But the good news is this. The same God who delivered us from those trials in the past is with us now and will deliver us from the trials in the present. He is the same God. And so there is great news, actually. Ultimately, God is on the throne. God is with us and God will get us through. So therefore, keep waiting patiently. Keep trusting God. Keep asking him for his help through many dangers, trials and snares. I have already come, toils and snares, I have already come. T'was grace that brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home. Lord, we ask you that you would help us to both celebrate the good deliverances and salvation you have brought to us, but also to look to you and to keep trusting you as each day we face fresh challenges and trials, 
Help us to keep looking to you, knowing that you're the same God yesterday, today and forever. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.